The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show for another Friday music video edition here on the summer of 93 at 30. It's the summer of 93 at 30. And joining me for the next two Fridays, actually, is my old space show cohort, Tony Schaub from sciencefiction.com. Yay, so excited to, I mean, I love old sci-fi stuff, but I'm, I'm thrilled to talk about something else for a change. I love it. Yes, and you recently had a cameo on the Brandon Peters Show Live in the background. Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> you came and sat, uh, watched the show for a second. I tried to get you uh, there. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, so welcome. Tony, first off, as I as I as my listeners get tired of me saying, and I welcome you here, memories of 1993. Where were you at? What was going on? Summer specifically, but maybe 93 in general. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah, summer of 93. Holy cow. We're, yeah, we're, we're putting it on me here. Uh, I, I believe that was the summer in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I was, uh, young fella in 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 Fort Wayne trying to you know trying to figure out life what 14 15 maybe you know somewhere around there uh okay. just trying to trying to figure out who I was and who I was going to be and you know uh in in high school I was a uh, you know I I was relatively settled into my ways I was mm-hmm. fairly nerdy at that point I was you know doing all the doing my sci-fi stuff but also a weird blend of fine arts as well. I did a lot of theater. I was in show choir when I was in high school. So, so an interesting blend of, you know, not, not too deep down the, down, down the geek cred hole just quite yet, but just trying to figure out how to blend that all together, I guess. So yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time, the mid nineties for, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and it wasn't cool back then and you had to keep some of it like, Shh, I shouldn't talk about that around people. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's not. Yes. It's the, the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the nerdy stuff was not as not as big, you know, not as socially acceptable now. Although that it was around that time when I first started going a little more hardcore to conventions. At that point, mm-hmm. Fort Wayne was 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 hosting, you know, Creation was doing a lot of Star Trek conventions all over the place. I remember that was around the time that I would start going to Star Trek conventions. I got to meet uh, James Doohan, who played Scotty, and uh, uh, Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov. I remember I remember meeting them very 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 well at. Uh, at Star Trek conventions in the early '90s, and then um, I I won a I won a trivia contest at the convention. I'll never forget this, and I was super excited. Not only was I excited because I won the convention, but I won the grand prize was a hundred dollars to spend on the convention floor at any of the at any of the um, the vendors. Oh. And I was like, Oh my god, what am I gonna get? Hey, oh. And you know, I, you know, at that point, I'm still relatively like a you know. A kid. This was probably a couple. This is probably right as I started high school. So again, trying to figure it out. And I had everything. I had my choices narrowed down yeah. to either, either I was going to get a very beautiful, accurate screen accurate, three D chess set that was okay. gorgeous, 
or I could get the full lights and sound PlayStation of the Enterprise D bridge. And I already had all the action figures at home. So I was oh. like, give me that bridge. And I feel like I made the wrong choice. <laughs> oh. See, like, I thought you might be going towards the whole thing of like, I'm going to buy trading cards. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Like, I went to the convention to buy something I could have bought at the store. Yeah. Ended up with some magic beans. Now I just, I mean, I had some cool stuff. And I mean, that, that lights and sound bridge was really cool. I should have right. kept it in great shape in the box, but I played with it. I did my thing. In retrospect, I'm always like, oh, could have had a three dimensional chess set. That would oh, be man. sweet. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> oh. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Or look it up on eBay and then go. Oh, I have. It's way more than $100 uh, now. So. <laughs> oh, my. But that bridge got some good love and play. Out. It did. It got some, I got some heavy usage out of it. So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so uh, this week on the show, the movies we talked about uh, were Ang Lee's The Wedding Banquet, uh, mm-hmm. Benefit of the Doubt, which is this batshit crazy movie with Donald Sutherland and Amy Irving, Hocus Pocus, and Free Willy. Do you have any thoughts on any? Have you seen any of them? And your thoughts? Uh, I have, of course. I mean, who? I mean, really, any. Any red-blooded American should have seen Free Willy by now, obviously. Right. If for nothing else, for the iconic moment when Willie jumps over, you know, little well, what's his name in the bay, go oh, Willie, you know that 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 type of thing. But a um, trailer that gave away the ending and no one cared. Literally, <laughs> just yeah. Oh, he's getting away. Okay, great. Well, I guess that's going to be a thing. So, but, but as um, I said, the title is Free Willy. So, right. like, yeah, his odds are good he's going to get away. So, yeah. yes, <laughs> odds are good. Um, I remember seeing uh, the wedding banquet as a as a longtime wedding professional. I'm kind of obligated oh, okay. to see all the wedding related movies. I mean, it's been a hot minute. I remember just mm-hmm. vaguely that it was this whole, you know, the whole rigmarole of there's a guy, but he's trying not to let his, you know, what his parents or family, yep. or he's trying to let not mm-hmm. to let them know what he really is or whatever. Yep. So I got to get into this wacky scenarios. Like it's a very Typical 90s vibe, which is interesting for an Ang Lee directed film to be yeah. that kind of vibe. You know, it's like it's as close as Ang Lee's going to come to a, a rom-com kind of vibe there. So, you know, right. I, I was, that was a surprise for me. I'd never seen it. And I really I really actually really enjoyed that one. I was surprised. I was like, oh, OK. Uh, I didn't know yeah. anything about it going in. So, yeah, that was one I really enjoyed. <laughs> Yeah, very, very different, very unique vibe for uh, uh, for that. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, and then of course, the '90s is when all that stuff kind of changed. You know, like, oh, like uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, the, the landlord he's gay and it's female. You know, like it's this whole like it was more acceptable mm-hmm. to kind of have those kind of situations yeah. at that point now. So yeah, and hocus pocus. I mean, who's not familiar with hocus pocus, especially <laughs> with? Uh, Are you a, a fan of it or? I mean, it never resonated with me the way that it resonates. It, with it's some okay because the three of us on Monday all like not <laughs> sure. Like, I mean, I watch it and I'm like, I don't know. It almost uh, this is stereotypical because Sarah Jessica Parker's in it, but I'm like, is this a prequel to like Sex in the City? Like, what am yeah. I watching here? Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what this is, but I mean, I get it. It was a very, you know, it was a holiday Halloween movie when Halloween was getting like big, big, and they were trying to like. Here's other ways you can enjoy Halloween. Look at the, you know, right. look at the witches and the ladies and it's funny. And, you know, I understand why it resonates with some people. Just not, just yeah, not with me. It's not, yeah. I, I said that, like, it sounds like 
to me, it's this movie that you saw as like a kid. And then later, like when you're in like college and you're talking to someone, remember the Hocus Pocus? And it sounds cooler with your memory and talking about it than actually going back and sitting through it. Because it has some good makeup and costumes and stuff. And there's moments. But all together watching it's just kind of like, huh. But it has a rabid fan base that loves it and good for them. I'm I am envious because I want to like it like you do. So sure. For all no, I, fans, uh, that's, yeah. yep. I feel you. Yep. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you're here to talk Slam! Woo, Slam! Yes, this is the second single from the debut album, uh, which is a favorite album title of mine, Back of the Fuck Up. It's <laughs> spelled B-A-C-D-A-F-U-C-U-P to cleverly not get censored and all that stuff, and everybody can say it and be like, well, that's what I'm pronouncing. Uh, the other singles include Throw Ya Guns, Shifty and Denex not saying the third word on the air. Uh, here. Okay. Uh, or off the air. I'm not saying it. Probably uh, <laughs> yes. You can you can look it up. Uh the not the song went platinum, uh topping the rap singles charts and peaking at number four on the hot one hundred and number thirty-seven for the year. The album went platinum two and peaked at number seventeen on the billboard top two hundred. The song is n- Noted for introducing slam dancing into hip hop, uh, Onyx, which comprised at this time of Fred Rose Star, Sticky Fingers, Big DS, and Swab, uh, were said that Nirvana and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are an influence on this song. Um, so, Tony, before we get in the song or before we get in the music video, thoughts on the song? Obviously, you've heard it before and. Hundred percent, yes. Very familiar with it, obviously. As a, I mean, a longtime personal listener, as a, a longtime wedding DJ, it's one of those songs that makes oh, yeah. it into the rotation, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's it's obviously it's catchy as all get out. I couldn't tell you if any of the average listeners know any of the verse content. This is definitely right. uh, one of those songs where it's 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 all the refrain that is what draws people in, of course. So, um, but it's it's interesting to hear that 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 they said that like, like Red Hot Chili Peppers and things like that are an influence because I I do know for a fact, like looking over, like when you go watch it on YouTube and you look at all the comments and you see people like writing articles about it, like it it resonated with like the like the hard rock grunge people of that yeah. time it was like as close as i think a rap video is going to come to a crossover short of like run dmc and aerosmith working together like you know i i mean this is as close as it's going to come where a lot of grunge people were like this song is a is is a banger it's a it kind of weirdly crossed lines and i'm not sure how or why but it did it spoke to a lot of people at that time more than just rap fans yeah and i i put in my i had my notes here that you know Onyx was like kind of like at this time, like a heavy metal of rappers. And at the end of the decade, you kind of get the perfect form of that with DMX. And he would like take the mantle on that because I was not a big rap person for I had little things I liked in the early 90s and stuff. But I was a little alternative grunge kid. And then like towards the end, when I was getting into the the new metal stuff, uh, DMX comes along and I dug him like his barking, his is rah, 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 and the way he was, it it, it kind of sat well with the the corns of the world and the, the slipknots and like that kind of stuff. It kind of you could throw a DMX song in there and not miss a beat with those bands. So yeah, I, I 100% agree with you when you're talking about that weird kind of crossover there. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, Onyx did, a, when DMX came on the scene, the, uh, Onyx did a, uh, they did a collaboration together. The song Shut Them Down, they did together. So it made sense for them to try to kind of, you know, merge their talents and things like that. Uh, you know, you mentioned Throw Your Guns earlier. It's got that mm-hmm. kind of same kind of a little heavier vibe to it. So, right. so I mean, as close as a crossover, you know, rap group comes, which makes sense because at that time in the you know late 80s, early 90s, I think people were – music groups in general were kind of experimenting with crossing mm-hmm. genre lines. And, it, you know, the smart rap bands for – or, you know, rap groups for sure were kind of seeing what else was out there that fit into their, you know, vibe for lack of a better term. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting – it's it, it's kind of a bummer that Onyx never really had another ma- a hit as major as right. Slam Up. Slam is, you know, I hesitate to call them a one-hit wonder, but in terms of general populist knowledge, right. they kind of are. Yeah, they kind of, yeah, their their lasting impact is making those like best of '90s CDs and best, of, you know, uh, you know, Sticky Fingers would go on to have a, like a, a rap career, and so would Fred Rose Star. Fred Rose Star wound up in Save the Last Dance. He was he ended up starring in that, and he ha- he had an album. I picked it up uh, in the early 2000s. Wasn't too bad. He had a song that I liked that it, it was all the lyrics were all composed of um, rap album titles. So like hmm. he made them all flow uh, in a way it was really, really cool. But um, this song, this song like hit so hard and so immediately, uh, especially the pop culture zeitgeist. It was like I feel like it was instantly in ads, shows and games. And like you forget it was ever something for casual listening like yeah like you said it instantly hits the wedding dj circuit like it, oh, yeah. feel, it feels like immediately when it drops five years have passed instantly and it's already like nostalgia like it hit that point real fast yeah it was kind of everywhere all at once i you know i remember that and it was it was one of those rare again a kind of a crossover where you could flip to mtv and you would absolutely mm-hmm. catch it and then you could flip to bet and you would absolutely catch it right like i mean it was right. it definitely kind of crossed those lines and and like you said it was it became a cultural it, it became very ingrained very quickly it was just it's got that it's all about that hook man i, I mean it's just yeah. it's, it's it's catchy people want to you know the it's slam an- it's is anthemic it's got the crowd yes. as the as the kind of chorus going so it's easy to understand it's easy to repeat um you know like i said no one you know the verses obviously are a very different story no one no one could tell you anything anything about the verses but that but that hook is just uh next level <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go uh the music video it's directed by paris mayhew known in the past as a guitarist and songwriter of crow mags I don't know who they are. Uh, known as a, but known as a power a camera person, has uh, done work on the show Power, uh, the Gerard Butler movie Den of Thieves, uh, show The Americans, Orange is the New Black, Saturday Night Live work even, Hostel Three, uh, Medea goes to jail. So like all corners of the world that he's covering. Uh, but music video wise, also did videos for Sepul- uh, Sepultura, uh, more Onyx and Anthrax. So. There's that metal thing going there again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they filmed it on Broadway stages in Queens, New York, uh, Compton, California, and it. This did not premiere on MTV, Tony. It premiered on The Box. Ah, okay. Remember the, the box, box where you could call in and sure. I wanna, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, there's cameos in it from Russell Simmons, Run DMC, Boss, Flatliners, Biohazard. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh, this is just kind of a 
one of those hangout party videos. What do you get from this one, <laughs> Tony? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just a bunch of people kind of dancing around, doing their kind of freestyle thing. You've got the classic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of car, cars hopping their way down the street. I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, it just feels like they just kind of got together and decided to say the lyrics over having a good time. Like, it, you know, um, it's interesting because videos like this, at first glance, you're like, well, they just, they just, turn the camera on and let it go. Yeah. And obviously it's not that simple. There was, there was direction, there was choreography. Right. They were, they, they were doing things in a certain way to augment the fact that the song is designed to kind of be this general party. Let's hang out right. and just let the boys be boys. Like they say, you know, like and that's, <laughs> that's absolutely the vibe they're going for, you know? Right. So, and they, and they nailed it in the, in this, uh, in the, in this video for sure. Yeah. It, it, there's strobes. There's like, it's a concert atmosphere. There's the, the typical 90s horror thing of, like, chains coming from the ceiling. Like, I don't know what was up with chains hanging from ceilings back then. Uh, but there's crowd surfing is kind of a thing. There's the Onyx has, like, a banner uh, there, too. But, um, yeah, there's guys There's some guys pushing each other. There's breaking stuff with sledgehammer. There's uh, bouncing cars in it. So it's, it's got yes. some action going on there. And of course, you can't have you really can't have any 90s music video without the group singing directly to the camera, the very in your face, like, here it comes. I'm going to do the lyrics and here I am and check me out again. Like, that's a very like standard thing, but obviously a very effective vibe for the hey, look at me. I got something to say kind of kind of crowd there. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So there's not. Yeah, this is pretty much it. You get to see the guys doing their sticky fingers going crazy when he does his verses. Yeah. just like yeah hanging out we've done a couple dr dre videos but his second one uh that we've done dre day that one is a parking garage concert well they don't really concert there but just people hanging out dancing similar to that bit more energy here a lot of cuts and zooms and stuff uh compared to that one and just kind of like announce it's kind of like hey we're onyx (laughs) you know it's not the not the first single but like you know it's it's something it was what yeah, it was the second single. So it's it's got that kind of. I mean, it's just the vibe is just you know it's it's got a just a hangout vibe, right? Like if you wanna, uh, which makes sense because this that's what this song you know that's the yeah. that's the vibe you get by listening to it is you know let's let's hang out let's let's bop around a little bit just be yourself and do your thing and that's definitely right. what the video feels like is they're just kind of doing their thing. I don't know what else you would do to this. Is not a song that lends itself to a story music video or anything like that. Like. Yeah. This is what you get. Um, Absolutely. Though, though, you know, Bare Bare Bones video here was number one on MTV's Most Wanted for four months. Hit number one on MTV's Weekly Countdown in 1993. So where we're at. Um, So, yeah, that'll wrap us up here for this Onyx music video experience. Uh, Tony, uh, till next Friday, where can people keep up with you? Oh, you can come hang out with me online. Uh, the easiest place to find me is probably where I'm doing a lot of my freelance writing right now over at sciencefiction.com, where we do news and reviews of uh, all sorts of pop culture stuff, movies, not just sci-fi, uh, action, adventure, all that good stuff. So you can come hang out with me there, or you can find me on pretty much any social media platform at Tony Schaub. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work on whysoblue.com. Come back Monday as Scott, Aaron, and I discuss Wilder Napalm, another stakeout, Coneheads, and Poetic Justice as the Summer of 93 at 30 continues. It's the Summer of 93.
thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.